Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, this is Natalie Jeans and Natalie Jean, and today on Chatting with Nat, we have singer-songwriter Ainsley Costello. In a world dominated by internet sensations and world-dominating superstars, Ainsley Costello is determined to create a career that stands the test of time. 18-year-old Ainsley began performing in school talent shows and musical theater when she was seven. By the time she was 14, she was regularly holding down three-hour sets with a full band of adult professionals. After performing at NAMM and receiving her first endorsement from Breed Love Guitars at 14, she began touring the West Coast full-time while finishing high school online. At 15, she began taking classes at the prestigious Berklee College of Music, while simultaneously finishing her high school finals. She is now finishing up her sophomore year at Berkeley studying music business while pursuing music full time. Delicately delivered yet powerfully profound, Ainsley's heartfelt and personal approach to lyricism translates into an easily digestible and heartwarming listening experience. The Seattle native, now based in Nashville, released a strikingly diverse debut album titled You Know I Am. When she was just 15, On the surface, it was a collection of country pop songs, but dig deeper and you'll unravel a multitude of diverse musical influences and lyrics that speak to the insecurities of today's teen girls. Prior to the pandemic, Ainsley had performed over 130 shows in states in January of 2020, and her family relocated to Nashville just as the world and the music industry shut down. All right, let's give Ainsley a round of applause. Hi, Ainsley. How are you? So good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. I mean, that's an impressive bio. Thank you. It's very well written. I got to find the person who wrote that because I need one that that looks like that. Although it's not going to have the same (laughs) information. But my God, that's just very, 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 very beautiful uh bio so how have you been during this pandemic this crazy worst word politics ukraine all kinds of things going on in the world time how have you been you know because we live in such a crazy world where you see everything kind of thrown at you all at once on social media it can all be a little bit overwhelming sometimes so i'm just kind of trying to take it one day at a time right now, trying to create create and write when I can. And uh, I'm actually getting ready to go back out on the road tomorrow to play some shows, some shows in North Carolina, which I'm super excited about. Awesome. That's fantastic. How do you feel about getting back on the road? I feel amazing about getting back out on the road. It's one of my favorite things to do, if not my favorite thing to do. I am a much happier human being when I am traveling and I am seeing the world, I'm seeing new people and uh, being in the, in the pandemic and the lockdown for two years, my mental health really struggled with not 
uh, being able to get out and, and see new people. So getting out over the past couple of weeks has just been amazing for my mental health and just for me as a human being. I get that. It's been, you know, it, the pandemic was a very much, I think, needed sometimes um, uh, a learning experience for a lot of people. Because I think what, what people have learned through the pandemic is that people need to see people. People need people. People need physical touch. Um, you know, looking out, out, out at a window and then you're seeing nothing, just a piece of paper blowing in the wind, can kind of get to you. So I completely get that. Um, here's a question for you, and I asked everybody this question, is that obviously there are some pros and cons during the pandemic. Obviously, a lot of cons, people died. People have lost limbs. People have uh, lingering effects. Um, so much loss. But there's pros to it in the sense that there are people that created during the pandemic. There are people that uh, made some realizations about themselves, about lives, about their friends. Um, there was a lot of self-introspection. You know, I saw family members out there just walking with their families when before they didn't take the time to do that. I saw, I have colleagues that cut back on work because, you know, what? They, they realized they weren't spending enough time with their families. You know, the trees and the animals running outside, were, the pollution level went down, climate change is real, and people were just, and the animals were probably hoping we weren't coming back because they could breathe. Um so many different things. People quit their jobs because they realized after the pandemic, because they thought that their lives were so short, they, that they had to do something that was more about their passion than the money, although they needed the money to survive. And as for creatives, you know, some people rebranded themselves. Some people decided not to do music. Some people decided uh, to create singles or an album. There was a lot of introspection. So during that time, did you think about how you wanted to be perceived as an artist or did you decide, Oh, I'm good. This is where I'm going to be. What did you think about? Man, multiple existential crises happened over the course of the pandemic. I definitely went through this self reckoning where mm. I was like, Whoa, should I stay this, this little like country pop girl who I was in Seattle when I was 15 and just putting out my, my first record or, or should I lean into this, this more um, edgy, rocky sound inspired by Paramore and Kings of Leon. And, you know, I had a lot of fun over the pandemic um, oh, because I I, uh, I changed my hair a couple of times. I dyed it blue. I dyed it pink. And I was kind of just trying to do everything, A, to just keep myself busy and occupied, right. but to try to figure out who I was as not only a person, but an artist. You know, there was there was definitely a lot of introspection for me. I wrote some pretty deep songs about myself and about my mental health and my anxiety. But yeah, for sure. So much self-reflection happened for me in that time. It was ridiculous. Yeah, no, I get, and, and we had so much downtime. So there was time for it. So I completely understand that, you know, before the pandemic, I was just like, I need to be a more effective player. It's not about charting for me. I just want to make that make a difference in people's lives. Now, how and what? make you want to get into the music industry what was it something that you heard you saw where you were like okay Ainsley and music they fit together and I'm going to do this thing yeah I mean a lot of it started with my dad my dad was 
um, well, I can't, I can't say he was a musician. He's always a musician. I right. think once you're a musician, you're always a musician. But my dad went to L.A. back in the 90s to do the whole singer-songwriter thing, and he made a couple of albums, and he toured all around the world. And when I was younger, he was always in bands. He was always playing around the house. And so that was a huge, a huge starting point for me uh, to see him always playing music. But then again, like, I grew up with a lot of, like, the early 2010s pop stuff like uh like listening to taylor swift and and uh, a bunch of the the huge people and that was a huge reason why i wanted to start writing songs i just it was always music was just always something that was in my dna i feel you uh, my dad is also a singer and so it's been in my dna for a long time now yeah how, <laughs> how important is it for you to be authentic as a person and in your music it's probably the most important thing for me. You know, I, I never really want to put something out if it's not authentic to me in the moment and it's not authentic to the people who I think are listening to me. Mm. One of the one of the huge things that I think um, drives me to be as authentic as I can in my music is I want to create music that is going to resonate with a generation that can kind of grow up with me in my music and kind of have the songs that I write as a, as a guiding force or a guiding light kind of to feel like a friend on a bad day that people can listen to and be like, Oh, Ainsley gets it because she's writing a song about the same thing that I'm going through. So I definitely try to be as authentic as I can. Um, and it's interesting because I was discussing something with somebody else about music and about authenticity. And it, it, it people, I've come to understand that people don't understand music or they or they haven't evolved enough. Even people that have been in the business for several years um, in regards to music and, and especially in regards to social impact message songs. Um, you know, sometimes you can enter those into contests or whatever and people, Oh, I don't know if this is chart. It's not always about charting. Yeah. Would it be great to chart beyond the or Fine. That's lovely. What sometimes artists write songs because they want effective change. Like you, I'm the type of person, when I write a song, I want somebody to say, yes, Natalie made a difference in my life. Natalie made a difference in the world. That's what I want to hear. Um, and so I, I released a single on April 8th, and it's called Block. And it's all about people blocking people on social media. And this one person came to me and messaged me today and said, oh, you should just stick to your original, your, your true self, jazz and blues. Now, what they don't understand is as, as I was growing up, I loved country music. That was my first love and then jazz and blues. And I said, you just don't really know me and you don't get the song. You don't understand. There's a whole universe for social impact message songs. People don't, a lot of artists don't write about things that are actually happening. And yet, and yet they do. Now I take a specific thing as blocking. You don't see anybody else writing songs about that. I'm not trying to be like anybody, nor are you, which is a beautiful thing. So, my question to you is, do you think that people even understand anything that we're doing? That is a really deep and existential question. And I love it. You know, I think it's like, it's so humane, like to, to really go bare bones and ask like, do people understand what we're doing? You know, I think it's, it's really interesting because I think there are always going to be people in our lives to understand um, that us as musicians and songwriters and creatives, we have to do this because it's just in our souls, it's in our bodies, and we can't right. do anything differently. And there are always going to be people who are going to be like, 
yeah, hmm, maybe maybe you should stay in school, honey. Like, but I mean, right. you, you just always have to follow your your inner gut, and you have to listen to the people who do believe in you and who do understand what you're doing because they're out there. Exactly. I'm like, dude, I'm an artist. I create. Nobody tells me what to do, how to sing, how to do anything. Basically, it's my life. I'm going to do what I want. Um, and I, I just don't get that when people try to, um, try to stifle our cre- creativity. You know, nine times out of ten, here's what happens. When you go into an art gallery, you don't say, well, why didn't the artist put a splash of red or a splash of green here? You're just going to admire the painting. You may like it, you may not, and then you move on. But I find that within the music industry, <laughs> people still want to nitpick on everything. And they're like, yeah. yeah. I'm just creating music. I'm writing it the way that I want to write. Now, here comes the question for you, okay? So you moved to Nashville. Well, Nashville is the writing, the writing epic, epic, epic center of everything. And uh, last year I was in Nashville, and we, I was in a, a writing session, and somebody was talking about how in country music you have to rhyme with everything. And I'm thinking to myself, why? <laughs> Isn't the point to tell a story? That part just still really gets me. I mean, because I, I sometimes, if I have a phrase that I want to use, I don't care if it rhymes or not, because it makes, it creates the song and makes the song. So how do you feel about that whole rhyming thing? Do you, do you stick to that? Or do you try to just, you know, be yourself if you're not that type of person that has to rhyme with everything? That's a really good question. I think, it all kind of depends on the song for me. There are definitely a lot of songs that I've written where I stick with that. Um, I want to I want to hear a rhyme because my inner my inner brain really wants to hear it resolved there. But there are also songs that I've written um, that are unresolved and they they kind of leave you. I don't I don't put a rhyme there in that specific spot because I want you to feel unresolved. And I think that there are a lot of artists out there that really do the the non-rhyming thing beautifully. Like there are some Phoebe Bridger songs where it's more like stream of consciousness and it's beautiful and it's gorgeous and she's not necessarily rhyming, but those songs tell a story like you just said. And that's what I'm talking about. It's about letting the artist create. Oh my gosh, it's like the biggest thing for me now. The radio stations are inundated with the same artists over and over again. And all, a lot of those artists are great, blah, 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 yada, yada. So you would think that they just want us to hear that kind of music unless the people die off. <laughs> because it's, it, it's hard for independent artists to be seen and heard in this industry. It's just, it baffles the mind. That radio stations can't take a 15-minute segment just to say, oh, I discovered these people. I'm just, I just want you to hear them because I think they're great. Which is very, extremely sad to me. Um, and what I, and, and, and somebody contacted me the other, the, the other day in regards to country music and they were like, yeah, it's just the same thing. You know, we need something new and awesome out there. So how do you feel about that? Do you think the radio station is inundated with the same stuff? You know, how do we go about being heard and seen and all that great stuff? Yeah, that's, I mean, honestly, that's something that I think about a lot in, in uh, my personal day to day when I'm working on just trying to get myself out there as an independent artist. I think it's it is it's definitely really hard in this day and age um, for for artists to be seen. On one hand, it's like the easiest it's ever been for artists to get out there right. because you can put your music up on Spotify and, right. and and Apple Music with like the click of a button. But then everybody is trying to be seen and heard and like, hey, look at me, all at once. And so it's impossible to kind of stand out about that. But you know, it's a really good question. I mean, 
wondering if the radio stations should should have um, more segments for independent radio for independent artists. And you know, I think that would be awesome. But there are so many amazing resources that are continuing to pop up, like like stuff like I'm doing right now with you, where uh, independent artists can find people who we can talk right. to and and get ourselves out there and and uh, resources like social media and uh, and putting yourself out there like that. I mean, even though it can be uh, kind of hard for your mental health to be on those platforms all day every day they're definitely very useful i mean one of the things that i've realized and and tiktok actually um backed me up with something that i started to think about is that when you are when anybody is creating music now the one thing not not all artists do this but what you need to start thinking about is how well would this, will this song do on TikTok? How well would this song do on Instagram? How well will this song do on Facebook? Because TikTok has become a huge thing, huge, okay? And so, so and, and I bring this up because I bring this up because of my own song, Blocked, is because I said, oh, I, I want to push it on um, college radio stations. And the one place was like, no, you know, they don't do country and stuff like that. But the song, the message itself, I think would go far because people block people all the time. Young people do it all the time. Older people do it all the time. Uh, and I'm, I plan to try to prove them wrong by co- contacting some college radio stations. So do you actually see that just like I do, that when you're creating songs now, it's not just, oh, I'm just going to deliver a song. Like you said, there's a lot of platforms. We There's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's Clubhouse, there's Snapchat, there's TikTok, there's this, there's that. Like back in the day, you'd walk into a radio station with your little 45 CD and say, hey, can you play this? Nine times it's 10, the radio station might do it. Now we have this, we have a platform which is easier, but it's a lot more work, a lot more work. Because with TikTok, they're telling you, oh, you have to post videos, five videos a day. Natalie doesn't have time for that. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I do in the definitely in the last year or so as I've been as I've been creating, I've definitely found myself in every step of the process from the writing to the producing to the recording the vocals. I'm always thinking, "Oh, would 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 this like funny little lyric go go over right. well with with Gen Z on TikTok or oh, would this production like get want to get people up and dancing or would this be the song that people would want to scream in their car like everybody is saying on TikTok?" Exactly. I mean, but I I definitely understand the the hassle of the hustle for <laughs> always being on social media, you know. I'm definitely still in this where I'm always trying to post multiple times a day on TikTok. I'm trying to find, like I said earlier, I'm trying to find people on, on those kinds of platforms that are around my age who can, who can grow up in, with me and my music and feel like we're all just friends and feel right. like we're all just here to hang out. So we kind of form this, this connection from the very beginning. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's just all around crazy, the things that we have to do to be seen and heard. I mean, it's great when people can just stand in the middle of a crowd and just start singing and then people are just like, oh my gosh, that's the same thing. And then you, you go viral. That's a beautiful thing, but it doesn't happen for everybody. There's a lot of people that just have to, you know, keep pushing, contacting radio stations and contacting anything, anybody and everybody that they can um, to be seen and heard. Now, what is your writing process like? And how do you deal with writer's block if you get it? 
Yeah, my I mean, my writing process has definitely evolved in the last couple of years with my first album. I my first album came out when I was 15 and I wrote that song that album basically completely by myself in my bedroom when, when we still lived in Seattle, but now okay. since moving to Nashville, I've I've really become uh kind of encapsulated in this circle of amazing writers and I've learned so much from them. So, now I'd say it's a pretty good balance between I co-write with a lot of people and I write by myself. Um, but with writer's block, you know, it's funny, my dad, my dad told me this a really long time ago and I've always kind of stuck with it. I actually don't really believe in writer's block because what I think people consider as like quote unquote writer's block is just writing things you don't like. But even when you're writing things you don't like, you're still writing. I think it's just a matter of learning to write through the things that you don't like to get to the gold mine, you know? Well, for me, I considered a piece of paper, stare at it for a long time, and nothing will come through. Or I'll st- I'm, I'm very, I'm old school. I still write on paper. I can't stand being on a computer all day long, even though I am. Um, and sometimes it just won't flow. I know for myself, if I'm forced to write, nothing's going to come out. But if I'm moved by a certain situation or a scene or something going on in my life, it'll flow much easier, way easier then okay well I had you know because there's you have to you know living in Nashville obviously you do a lot of co-writes so you know you have to be on at that moment so what would you say are the pros and cons about doing co-writes collaborations especially in Nashville yeah the pro I mean there's definitely so many pros and and there and there are cons too but some of the pros are, are I have learned so much about myself as a writer I've become friends with a lot of my co-writers I've um I've learned to to collaborate and kind of get out of my own head a little bit because I think when you're writing by yourself it's very easy to fall into this overthinking because you're the one who has the final say if you write a song by yourself and then that can be pretty daunting you're like oh but maybe I don't really maybe this line can be better and this can be this and this can be that but then when you're writing with other people they can be like, no, like, this is a unanimous thing. This is awesome. And if we all come to a decision where we're like, no, that could be tweaked and it could be a little better, that's awesome. But, you know, you become such a better writer by collaborating with people and you just become a overall better artist by collaborating with people. Um, but, you know, some, some of the cons are definitely like you, you get up one day and you're like, oh, I really don't feel like writing today or, oh, I really don't feel like, like doing this. And that's okay. I think you just have to it's it's just like I said earlier. It's a matter of pushing pushing through it. And every write that you do that you don't want to do, if you wake up in the morning and you don't want to do it, but you do end up doing it, that's going to mm-hmm. make you a better writer. It's it's just like you need stamina to do a three hour show. You need stamina to get through a three hour write, and you need stamina to have three or four co writes a week. And so even the cons with with co writing are the hidden pros, you know. <laughs> What's interesting to me is that, I, you know, I've been approached by people that live in Nashville, and they, what they say to me is that, Natalie, you teeter over the edge, and I need that. Because some people are just straight up, you know, they're like, straight up, I'm going to do it country, I'm going to do it one way, and then I'm wearing blinders, I'm not going to do it anyway. And then there's some that are like, you know, I'm tired of doing the same old stuff, I want to put a little edge to my music, I want to be more free with my music. Because with me, I write just about anything. I, I like to write about stuff you just don't hear. Because I've been through to a lot of music conferences um, and seminars, webinars, and all that stuff. And the, the main message is the same thing over and over. We want to hear something different. 
You wouldn't think that's the message because if you listen to the radio station, it basically is the same type of music. But there are, I would say there's a percentage of people out there that are wanting to go over the edge that are not afraid to do that because they're just like, look, life is short. We need to have a different sound here. And then there's just people that are like, nope, want the same old stuff. Um, I, this is what's working and it's going to work forever. But that's not true. The thing is with our music industry is if you keep playing the same people, it's the same genre, there, there, there's no movement. and There's no evolvement. It's just stagnant. It's the same thing over and over and over and again. And that's why I think here's a pro to the pandemic is that during the pandemic, um, people actually started to listen to independent artists more than they did mainstream artists because it gave them the time to be able to uh, listen to independent artists because a lot of people were live streaming. Now, during the pandemic, did you live stream at all? I did. I definitely did. I um, In the beginning, so one of the so let me let me backtrack a little bit. So in 2021, last year, I released the equivalent of my second album in singles. I released 11 singles last year, and the first one that I released was a song called "The Great Unknown" that I wrote with my friend Timothy James, who is an amazing singer-songwriter slash like godly guitarist from Portland, Oregon. And uh, before I released the first single, before I released The Great Unknown, I started doing this little conversation series that I would do every Monday because, okay. A, it was the point in quarantine where we were all just losing our minds. And I was like, I just need a, I need to do this. And I can, it can be a little Easter egg for the new single and, and stuff like that. But I did. I did some birthday live streams. I turned 16 um, in April of 2020, which was basically right when the world shut down and we had no idea what was happening. But I did, I did do live streams. It was a good way to kind of have something to look forward to and to have uh, to some, have something to keep your spirits up in that weird, very weird time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it, the music industry can be extremely, extremely fickle. You know, it's just I, I sometimes, you know, I wake up days and I'm like, I don't know about this stuff. I love music, but this thing's going to give me a lot of gray hair soon. And I'm just <laughs> like, okay. Now, what? Or who, which, or who um, artists have inspired you the most? Yeah, I mean, I definitely grew up of the of the generation who loved the early two thousands pop stuff. Like, uh, what girl my age wasn't inspired by Taylor Swift? I love Taylor. Um, Paramore and Kings of Leon. I kind of had this this huge shocking moment when I first moved to Nashville because I was kind of under the impression that it was just country music city instead of music city. Right. That is the furthest thing from the truth. I like was shocked when I found out that Paramore and Kings of Leon came out of Nashville because they are two of my all time favorite bands. Um, over the past couple of months, I've really come to love the band Camino. Um, who else have I been listening to? I love Kimbra who is an amazing female producer and songwriter. And, um, I've never known how to say her name, but I will be raving about her until the day that I die. Uh, Sanabu C, I think is how you pronounce her name. Her album, Pretend, is wonderful. So I definitely draw inspiration from a lot of different places. That's awesome. It's good to be extremely diverse in that area. Um, out of your songs that you perform, which one, is, which one of your songs is the song that you like to perform the most and why? Wow, you know, it's, Oh, it's such a hard question because it's asking me which of my children I love the most. Um, oh. When I get to do, 
uh, when I'm lucky enough to get to do all original sets, uh, I, I mean, I'm just so fortunate that I get to, that I get to play music out for a living and it's what I get to do full time. But one of my favorite songs to play live is a song that I wrote called Daydreamer. It's, um, it's this really cool kind of like my band and I kind of look at it as like almost like a modern day Almond Brothers jam. Um, okay. I love the Almond Brothers. I, I love a lot of the classic stuff that um, I grew up on. But I wrote that song in the thick of the quarantine. Uh, off of I, I wrote that song based off of one of my many quarantine binges, Anne with a Knee, which is a new retelling of Anne of Green Gables. But I wrote that song because I I really related to the main character, and I felt like we were just one and the same. And I wrote that song, and when I worked it up with my band, and and we took it into the studio, it turned into this like super fun like super climactic jam that just rises and rises and rises until we get to the end and it's just so much fun to see people dance to that song live but honestly when I whenever I get to sing any of my songs I just get any of my songs live I just get so excited and can't believe that I get to do this how do you think that people view you you're not young artist obviously so do you think that when you're doing collaborations you're songwriting with people you think that they believe in your opinions? Because some people are just weird when it comes to, you know, working with young people or older people or whatever the case may be. So how has that experience been for you? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been super fortunate to find and, and meet a lot of people here in Nashville and, and in other places around, around the country and around the world who have been um, super, what's the word? they've just been super supportive of me um, the entire time that they've known me. You know, since moving to Nashville, I've collaborated with a lot of people who are significantly older than me, but mm. something that I really value when I go in to collaborate with someone is that even though I'm 18, I'm just hardly a legal adult. My birthday was a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> but even though I'm, I'm young, they still look at me as an equal and they don't discredit me and try to right. write off what I think just because I'm young. I mean, I've definitely had those experiences where I'll walk into a right and people will be like no this is what you should cut this is what you should say right. but I have definitely found a lot of people who um really value what I have to say and know that when I when we're working on a song that's mine and I'm gonna cut it that uh that right. uh, I can't that I have the final say and so I've I've just been really lucky to meet people who uh who believe in me and who believe in what I want to say mm, that's awesome beautiful now I'm gonna play your song little sister tell me what that's about yeah so this song is a song that I wrote in July of 2020. It was uh, one. Of, it was actually the first song that I ever wrote with Nashville co-writers. I wrote it with Kelly McKay and Steve Smentek, who are absolutely magical light workers of humans. And it was a song that I had been wanting to write for a couple of years um, until I actually did. I tried to write it a couple of different times on my own, and it just wasn't working. But I wrote that song actually about being compared um, to to my role model in the, to my role models in the music industry. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mentioned earlier that I love that I love Taylor Swift. She's right. kind of my big sister in that sense. And, you know, I always get a little nervous when I tell people what this song is about because I never want my meaning of what I wrote the song about to discredit their meanings that they're going to put on the song because I'm a firm believer that once the song goes out into the world, it's no longer mine. But I wrote the song about, about being compared to to her and about being compared to um, to other people and realizing going through this reckoning in, in 2020 and 2021 that I want to be my own person and I want to be seen as the first Ainsley and not the next somebody else even That's though right. the people who have inspired me I love them so deeply uh but I just I don't want to be seen as the next anybody else I want to be the first Ainsley so that's what Little Sister is about 
Amen. Amen. Let's play it. <laughs> Because somebody told me, my God, when you sing that way, um, I never know if it's you because I sound different. And I said, that's my point. You always get something different with Natalie. 
You're always, and that's my own branding. Um, I try to surprise things and, oh my God, she's writing about, oh my God, oh, this is, oh, I like the O's coming from people when they're just like, oh, I didn't even say, oh, what? No, but your song is very true. Although, you know, this is something about you idolize. You just don't want to be seen as her. And I always tell people, you know, it's okay if you want to be a cover artist. It's okay if you have somebody that you just admire so much um, that you want to emulate that person. But the key um, to the successful business and music is to be your unique self. Um, and you have to love everything about yourself and your music. You know, I always tell people, if you can't listen to yourself 100 times over, don't even put it out. Because the energy that you're putting into your music is the energy that's going to go out to the universe. Um, and then there's some people that are just like, oh, my God, you sound too much like this person. We already have that. Um, I, I knew a woman, she had the most beautiful voice, but she sounded exactly like Celine Dion. I mean, and that, that was her idol, but she sounded just like her. If you put them together, they sounded exactly alike. I said, if that's your goal, that's fine. But you also have to find out who you are as an artist. What is in your soul? What do you want um, to deliver? What do you want people to get from who you are as an artist? You know, and, and some people just want to be in the music business. They like the fame. They want the money. They want this and that. But people have to be reminded that there's a lot more to it if they want something else. Yeah, it's for a, sure. It's a de definitely a crazy, crazy, cray-cray, I like to call, business. Now, what are three things you wish you had known before you got into the music business? Oh, man. Well, first and foremost, something that I'm still learning how to do, I would tell myself, go easy on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um you know, another thing that's kind of an underlying theme in Little Sister is kind of wanting everything now. I'm definitely that type A personality where sometimes right. I feel like I'm a failure because I haven't, like, quote, unquote, made it by 18. But I think it's so stupid, and it's something that I'm unlearning. But, um, you know, uh, be patient with yourself. Take your time. I've had so many people tell me, you know, it's it, – you're good. Just It's just going to take longer than you think it will. And my type A person is like, no, I want everything now. Cue the queen song. I want it all. Um, so, yeah, prob I would probably say that to my, to, to my younger self before going into the music industry. Just, just be patient with yourself and be kinder to yourself. And uh, maybe maybe try to get a hobby outside of music. I'm still trying to find what that is. I love I love traveling. That's one of my biggest hobbies, but that kind of goes hand in hand with music. So. Right. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I, I agree with everything that you say. Like, everybody wants it right away. But I also believe that when it's your time, you, you will get it. Everybody has a time and a place. Um, and I always tell people, it's, almost, it's like that one thing, that one opportunity, somebody's going to see and say, okay, I've got to sign her. And then it, it just it just starts from there. Um, it's just, it's the music business is extremely fickle now, you know, with, you have a great voice. Now, do you look, are you considering doing things like sync and licensing, like getting your music into uh, television documentaries, um, films? Are you, is your team looking into that as well? 
it's kind of just something we've started brushing the surface of. I mean, mm-hmm. because in, in quarantine, I wrote over 150 songs and I, you oh. know, there are, a, there's a huge, uh, huge amount of songs in there that could be used for something other than me personally putting it out on, on under my own name. Um, but yeah, because I have so many songs, we've been like, Oh, that would be awesome for a sync or that would go really well in a TV show or something like that. But um, I've definitely started to, to dip my toe into that. Um, there are a couple, couple of things in the works for that right now that I'm not sure if I can talk about them. Um, But definitely it's something that I've started to look into for sure. That's awesome because I always tell people that's another thing that's key. It's like, you know, if you're not making music, if you're not making money um, doing the music thing, because it's hard to make music, um, it's hard to make money doing this business, especially when you have situations like uh, Spotify. Uh, that gives you half a penny. Um, so people sell merch, they tour, um, and they do all kinds of different things to be able to make to do this as a living. Um, so yeah, that process of trying to get your music into sync and licensing is very importante, as I tell people, because um, I try. That's one one of my focuses um, is trying to do that. Um, so good for you. Kudos for you. Now, thank what, you. I mean, it's awesome. What would what advice would you would you give your younger self? And what advice would you give to somebody trying to break into this industry? Oof. Um, to somebody who's trying to break into the music industry, I would say start writing, start start early if you can. It's something that I'm that I'm really grateful about. Um, that that I kind of knew that about myself. I've I'd have always known that I wanted to do music from a very young age. So. In, in some ways, I'm really, really grateful that I, um, I started pursuing this at a really young age. Um, so I would say if you can, just start doing it now. What's the worst that can happen? Start writing, start singing, start practicing. Um, that's, I think write as much as you can. That is what I would tell um, somebody who's trying to break into this industry because that that's kind of the crux of it all. You got to, if, I mean, maybe if you don't want to be your own songwriter, there's another way for you to do that. But um, if, if you do want to write songs, just start writing because it all starts with the song, you know? Amen to that. Definitely. And what would you tell your younger self? Oh, my younger self. Um, well, at 18, you still really love wearing glittery things. Uh, that's never going to change, honey. Sorry about that. Um, I would say again, like kind of just, just go easy on yourself, even though it's hard to do and be patient with yourself. Amen. That's, that's, that's true. Now, besides your up, up and coming tours, what, what is up next for you? Well, tomorrow I'm do I'm leaving and I'm going to do some shows in North Carolina, um, okay. but I'm, I'm going to be releasing some, some more songs this year that I'm super, super stoked about. Um, I've been, because I've been writing so much over the past few years and I've been accumulating material that I really, really love. Uh, just, I'm, I'm just so excited that I still get to keep releasing music and I, and I keep getting better at my craft with every song that I write with every song that I, that I produce. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm just super excited about the new material that's going to be coming out this year. It's all going to be more in a cohesive vein this year because that last year with the 11 singles that I released, um, they were all kind of all over the place. You could definitely hear I was trying to find my, my sound. Some songs were more in the 90s acoustic rock vein, and some of them were straight pop, and some of them were very jam bandy. But uh, the songs you'll be hearing this year are definitely leaning into this sound that I've been uh, wanting to arrive at for quite some time. 
And how do you manage all your social media? Because I always tell people that stuff is a pain in the just every day you have to come up with something to say and, and, and nine times out of ten you can come up with some great stuff but it's just annoying <laughs> <laughs> amen i honestly it's social media is hard because uh i really don't like social media i have a really big love and hate relationship with it because whenever i'm on it my mental health is is really not good <laughs> but oh, i'm really lucky that i have um i have people who who can help me with my social media um but I, you know, I just try to just try to create on social media and get off of it. I try to not look at what whatever everybody else is doing because the teenage girl brain in me is like, oh, well, they they look so perfect and happy right now when I feel like I'm just doing just down in the dumps, kind of doing all the doing all the uh, the not fun stuff that nobody sees. But you know, I just try to create and get off of it and keep my headspace in a positive in a positive place so that I can keep creating in a, in a, in a sense where I want to keep creating, not right. create in a sense that uh, I feel like I have to like live up to some imperfect expectation that social media sets. Well, it's interesting. So as you get older, um, that stuff doesn't change for some people, you know, people tend to look at what they think is perfection when it really isn't. I don't believe in perfection in anything. I think a song is perfect. I don't, there's no. And when I create music, I actually love something that's not perfect. I love the authenticity of it. Like if there's a little sound in the background or you hear something a little bit different, I love that. I don't believe in an overproduced uh, song unless it's like a upbeat song and or a dance song and stuff like that. But, um, you know, every every woman, every man is always learning that, you know what, you have to be happy with yourself. and. Whatever's supposed to happen for you will happen for you. You know, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it'll happen. It'll happen just like that. And it'll just be like, oh, okay. Oh. You know, before you know it, bam. Ainsley Costello is filling, is, is, is sold out crowd at Madison Square Garden. It can happen just like that. There are people that just, I was, what was I watching? I was, oh, I was watching the Johnny Depp court thing. And he was talking about how he was discovered. And he just so happened to be friends with Nicolas Cage at that time. Nicolas Cage wasn't a big actor at that time either. And Nicolas Cage was, because Johnny Depp started a band and he was just focused on music. And um, and Nicolas Cage just said, oh, let me introduce you to my manager. Maybe she can get you on some kind of show or something. Or you can just audition. I don't know if it'll help. And, it got, and Nicolas Cage introduced him. And uh, he auditioned, and then he got a he got a role on Nightmare on Elm Street, and that's how his career started. But Johnny Depp never even wanted to be an actor; he was full on force, music, music, music. And then Johnny Depp is one of the greatest actors out there, which is crazy for a person that didn't even want to get into acting. It's just innate in him. So you just never know how things are going to happen to you. But what I do tell people is you have to be open and receptive and know that there is good for you. Know that you're worthy of getting everything that you want. Work hard for it, and it will happen for you. That's the bottom line. Um, One thing is um, what uh, quote, message, passage, um, inspirational quote, whatever, that you you like to use to put yourself throughout the day, year, whenever. One of one of the quotes that I use is actually a song lyric, very fitting. Um, but one of my all-time favorite artists is Sarah Borella. Sarah Borellis. I am constantly inspired by her. 
But in her song Uncharted, she in the bridge, she goes, compare where you are to where you want to be and you'll get nowhere. And whenever I get in that comparison state of, of being on social media, I like to try to remind myself that. I just hear her singing in my head, compare where you are to where you want to be and you'll get nowhere. And then we go into that last explosive chorus of Uncharted and it's, it's perfect and beautiful. <laughs> and there you go. And, and, and that line is so true. It is so true. Well, Anthony, thank you. Thank you so much for being on chatting with Nat. Tell people where they can find you on all your socials. Yeah, my Instagram handle is Ainsley Costello Official. My TikTok is Ainsley Costello. And if you just search Ainsley Costello on Twitter and Facebook, I'll be there. Um, But my website is just AinsleyCostello.com, and I'm Ainsley Costello on YouTube. And there you have it. Thank you so much, uh, Ainsley, for being on chatting with Nat. I had a good time. Next time, let's do an IG live so we can be in person looking at each other. On that a- sounds great. Thank you That'll so much for lot. having me. I had, a, I had a blast. Thank you. All right, everybody. This is Chatting with Nat with singer-songwriter Ainsley Costello. She told you where to find her. And if you don't remember, just Google Ainsley Costello. You're going to love her just like I do. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.